Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission and our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. Famous, renowned anthropologist Margaret Mead was asked what she felt the first signs of human civilization were. And she did not point to the wheel or the taming of fire or to the development of tools. She pointed to a femur, a human leg bone that was found at an archeological site that had been broken, but also clearly had been given the time to heal. She thought that this was a sign of human civilization because in order for that bone to heal, that individual had to have been cared for for weeks and weeks. They would not have been able to gather their own food or protect themselves. They would have had to have been cared for by other members of their community. That is what set humans apart from the animals, she said. A community in which those who could not fend for themselves are carried along by others. And that is what God, I think, codifies not only in our Proverbs reading that Linnae read for us first, but all over the Old Testament when he commands us to tithe, to reserve a portion of our crops for the care of neighbor, to offer them as first fruits to God, who in turn asks us to give them to the widow, the orphan, the alien among us. That is what we're talking about when we talk about treasure today. We have been blessed with the treasures we have. However big or however small they are, God calls on us to share a portion of them. Now, it works differently for the church in our time than it did for the ancient church. We're not usually talking about a portion of our grain or fruit our treasures aren't generally stored in vats or silos. For us, it's our income, our money, our earnings. And we give a portion of that to God's church. And for what purpose? For what purpose do you give? Well, little David Watley might clue us in for what we are giving. A few weeks ago, he and his big brother Thomas were sitting at those tall tables out in our new gathering area. You know, those tall black tables out there. And David and Thomas were enjoying their Sunday morning donuts. And David, who's five, was keeping an eye on the donut table because he saw a man walk up, retrieve a dollar bill from his wallet, and stuff it in the offering box, and then that man selected a donut and was about to eat it when David Watley says to him, you know you don't have to pay for donuts at church, right? <laughs> that, brothers and sisters, is why you tithe, so that the donuts are free. That's the nuts and bolts of giving. The lights have to be turned on, staff has to be paid, building has to be maintained. 
But at its core, giving is about the mission we share in Jesus Christ. Getting the good news of forgiveness out there, feeding the hungry, binding up the wounded and hurting, bearing each other up and our neighbors so that their wounds might heal and they might experience the healing and hope found in Jesus. And the Old Testament is technical on all of this. A tithe is 10%. You'll find references to this in Genesis where Jacob promises to give a tenth of his resources. And there's all kinds of technical questions that we could ask ourselves about what this means in today's terms. Is God talking about before or after taxes? Does it include property and investments? How do you factor in debt and your golfing habits? These aren't questions we tend to quibble about here at Faith. We don't give you instructions, really. We leave those determinations up to you. We trust that you can look at that little bulletin insert, that you can look at that little ladder and answer for yourself and for your family where you're at and how God is calling on you to give. That's our approach because we take our instructions for giving from Jesus. Jesus, who gets away from the technical and gets to the heart of the matter, specifically your heart. In Matthew 6, that Lene read for us, Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he gives us this little inkling here at the end. You cannot serve two masters. There is no technical answer in there for giving. Nor will you find one from Jesus anywhere in the Gospels. Instead, Jesus is saying, People... Your heart is a throne. It is a throne. And someone or something is going to occupy that throne. And who's it going to be? God or money, it cannot be both. It's not about how much you technically give. It's about who is sitting on the throne of your heart and guiding your giving. And any discussion, debate, or sermon about giving is truly about the heart, not about the treasure. Because if our heart is holding Jesus, how we give of ourselves is up to him. He will guide us. He will challenge us when we need to be challenged. He will bless our efforts. Add to that what we give the Holy Spirit. Now that is my take on treasure. But each week, as I told you, I'll have a parishioner share their take on time, talent, treasure, and tomorrow. And so this week, it is Tyler and Joanne Horatius, mem Horatius, members here at Faith, parents to MJ, Gigi, and Alex. And if Don will put down the lights and, and Roz will play for us, they're going to share with us how they see treasure and giving. you got to kind of lean in. I hope you can hear it. I hope that you heard what she said. She, uh, they were talking about giving, and she said, one message always remains. And I said, well, what was that? And she said, love. You just have to. You just have to. For her, for them, it is about love. And I can tell you personally that giving has been, for me, about the restoration of love. Between me and the Lord, I belong to. I am the pastor here at Faith, for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> I don't get to know what you give. 
I don't see the individual numbers, just the big one at the end. Numbers do matter to me. They do. They help me see the big picture. Numbers tell a story about the health and vitality of a church. But I'm not the one who talks to you about those numbers, really. That's the job of your fellow parishioners who are gifted in managing our funds. What I get to talk to you about is the faith and the heart behind the numbers. And as I said, for, for me, Joanne's words about love are personal. So if you'll forgive me this, this morning for being just a little self-indulgent, I'm going to offer what our Pentecostal friends call a testimony, a personal testimony about what giving has meant to my heart and my faith. So I told you before that my grandpa Wendell was my giving model. If you've heard me talk up here, you've heard me talk about Grandpa Wendell. And I, I watched him not only put an envelope in the plate at church every week of my childhood, I also watched him, because he lived next door in a duplex, and so I spent tons of time over there. I, I watched my grandpa at the beginning of each month, before he even knew what was coming in his life, write four checks. And then he put them in those four envelopes for the month ahead, and then he put them in a special file so that each Sunday he could grab one of those checks and bring him to church. And never, ever did I see him open one of those envelopes out, take out a check, and write a different one. And when I got married at the way too young age of 18, I was so excited to get our first set of envelopes and do the same thing. I really was. I am such a church nerd. I wanted my own box. But I didn't know that churches kept track of envelopes. So when I got our first giving statement 26 years ago, I held that paper in my hand and I was shocked. I had never been able to give that much money to anyone before. And listen, it was not a lot. So it certainly was not a tithe. But to 19-year-old me, it was a ton, and I was proud. The amount was my focus. And I knew my friends, and I knew my brother and sister were not church-going givers, so brothers and sisters, I was not above, above feeling smug. Look what I can do. So my husband and I got a box of envelopes every year, and we kept at it year after year after year. And then 14 years later, after that first giving statement, it all came crashing down. My marriage ended for all the reasons that marriages end. And here I was in seminary with no income, a single mom with two kids, and the only envelopes I worried about were the ones with my food stamps in them. Now, I didn't feel guilty that I couldn't give. I had, a, I had a good sense of why you shouldn't feel guilty when you can't give. And anyway, I was really just too busy feeling scared and adrift. I didn't belong to anyone or to anything anymore, and I didn't know if I ever would again. But I did manage to graduate seminary, 
And 10 years ago, I got my first job in ministry at St. John's in Mascuda, and I got a new box of envelopes. And for the first time in my adult life, I alone was earning the money, and I alone was responsible for what I put into those envelopes. And in the winter of that first year, when I held in my hand a giving statement again, I was again shocked. But not by the amount this time but by the feelings I had. And I'm not sure I could have articulated in that moment what I was feeling, but what I can tell you now was that I still didn't know what was going to become of me. I still didn't know if I would ever share my home or my life with someone again. But I knew with that paper in my hand That Jesus was determined to sit on the throne of my heart, no matter how broke it was. And that I was going to make it. And my kids were going to make it. And that I could be faithful to something bigger than myself, to the kingdom of God, even in the midst of that brokenness. That is what giving means to me. And I cannot wait to see and to hear what it means to you in the coming weeks. Thanks be to God for our Lord Jesus. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of Scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at, In your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be.